Welcome back to another episode of Over the Glass. I am your host, Jay. I'm Nessa. How do we start today's episode? Look how cute Nessa's hair is for anyone watching on YouTube. Like, okay, whose hair hair is longer? I think yours is. Probably. Yeah, your hair's longer. (laughs) (laughs) We're twinning it up today. Yeah. As you can hear, I'm still congested, so it wasn't allergies. Oh, no. <laughs> Just an update. Well, as it long was as like... you aren't um, contagious and, and spreading the next variant, I think we're okay. Okay. Well, it was a cold. Calm down. <laughs> I, th- I'm just saying, like, that. That that's, like, the bad side of it. If it would have been, like, something worse. But since it's just a cold, we're all I could good. still spread it, but. No, it was the I nastiest. Mean, I think everyone would be cold. okay with a cold these days. Uh, sure. Maybe not this one, but... So I went to my doctor's appointment uh, a couple of days ago, and they had, like, some pretty, like, inclusive questions for their, like, questionnaire of, like, your health and whatever. I mean, it's still not perfect. And I felt kind of weird when the doctor asked me, like, who I, like, engage with. Yeah. And my first thought when he said, you know, do you have sexual, you know, relationships with with men and women? Like, my first thought was, like, those are the only options. I was kind of upset that, like, Come on, like there's there's more folks in the spectrum than just the ones that you because he said men, women, or both, and then I and then I went with everybody, which made me feel even worse. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I don't mean it like I'm getting with everybody, but I'm kind of trying not to like, you know, put a box. Yeah, I always. Uh... When I go to the doctor, like right now, I'm starting to see a new OBGYN. And so they have to go through and ask you all these questions because they don't know you. And so I'm about to get a bunch of tests done to to basically see for sure, for sure, if I have PCOS, even though I've been diagnosed with it already. And they're asking me, like, um, is there any chance that you could be pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. And, you know, they, they have to, like, they're like... How do you know? And I was like, I'm in a same-sex relationship. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's all these questions. It's like, uh, I yeah, I don't know. It's silly, but they need to know. Yeah. Speaking of... <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Speaking of folks who aren't going down on anybody... Um, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's talk about Jamie Ben. <laughs> um yeah, so what is it? Earlier in this week or what was it? Yeah. Last week, uh Jamie Ben decided he was going to uh pretend like him falling on Mark Stone. Uh, Mark Stone's neck was a complete just accident. Um, he's well. Let let's 
Let's remind folks that he got a five-minute major and then he got a game misconduct. And after the stars got shut out, he beelined past the media and went right to his car like a freaking crybaby. Like, you're the freaking captain of this team. Like, own up to your crap. Like, one of, one of my friends, when we were talking about this, you know, she said, I've watched Jumbo Joe, like, cross-check people deliberately, punch people deliberately, and he's like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, he knows that what he did, he knows that that's supposed to be a penalty and, like, all this stuff. Like, own up to your crap. Don't go crybaby stomping to your car to avoid having to talk about any of that stuff and then come the next day and you're saying, you know, quote, obviously didn't want to take that five-minute penalty, but when the game happens fast, emotions are high. Obviously, I wouldn't... I would have liked to not fall on him, and I guess my stick as the landing point. He continued with saying, uh, we'll probably go through the whole play, starting from our end and try and tell them how I'm feeling and what's going on with the situation in regards to um, Department of Player Safety. So when you look at the replay, and I get it, like there's certain plays where obviously if you watch it like, a hundred times you're like yeah see like bleh. you know like people just go on twitter and just like start you know saying this and that like usually in regards to how like the uh, the officials call things right like they don't get to see it like a thousand times like they have to make the call like directly on the ice but they clearly knew that yeah you yeah, that's that's a that's a major. Like they got to go and 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 rewatch it, and they called it right on the ice so that they could review it. It's not like you know they ran into each other and he's like flying forward, right? I get it. If you're flying forward, you're gonna like put your hands out in front of you or your stick out in front of you to try and embrace your fall. That's just human nature. Right? You're not going to be thinking, I'm going to, you know, protect you and I'm going to fall on my face instead. Like, I think a yeah. hundred times if you try to do it, it's just like human reflex to not, to like, pretty much you will try and save yourself. But that was not the case. Stone fell over. Ben was starting to fall over, but he was like more, you know, upright and whatever. He goes down to his knees and he, you can see the motion of his arms reach out towards stone. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't that. know. He's, he literally stands over him for like a good second, a second and a half before he decides to go down on his knees and cross check him in the neck. Mm -hmm. Like you see the thought process there. <laughs> I just, you know, so moving forward, we, Obviously, our opinion on Department of Player Safety, they need to do a way, way better job. And even when they get, uh, like, a certain incident right, it doesn't last very long, as we could see, like, with just the playoffs uh, this year alone. There's a lot of inconsistencies. But 
in this instance, I feel like they got it right for, for Jamie Ben to assess him a, a, a two-game suspension, which following that, the Stars were down 3-0 in the series, and now they're, uh, they've won the last two. So Jamie Ben will be coming back on Monday. And if I they lose, he... they should strip him of the captaincy. <laughs> I, I mean, they should do that either way. But um, we're we're rooting for the stars because anybody but Vegas. Um, also, Pulaski and Robertson yeah, and Robertson and I. You know, I haven't been watching um, the game as much as I was in the last couple of weeks. Um, but I don't know. Have you gotten a chance to, to watch any of them? Like, I watched yesterday's game, so uh, a little bit of it. Not not. But I also kind of haven't been watching too much. But uh, there was was it last? Was it yesterday? No, no, no. It was the game before. I caught a, a little bit of it, and Robertson scored two goals, um, and then Pavelski scored overtime. And that's how they got their first win in the series. And then yesterday, uh, I forget which player, I forget how to pronounce his name. He also scored two goals in it. But it seems, sure, yes. It seems like the Stars are finally trying to gain, are finally gaining traction. And Vegas is doing that thing where they come in overconfident because they only have one more game to win and they just can't execute. The same way we saw when the Sharks went up against them in 2019. And the Sharks were able to push it to to Game 7. So Pavelski's been in this situation before. And I wonder if he can kind of like lead the team to beat Vegas. Because anyone but Vegas. (laughs) But um, I don't know. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But do you feel like the games that you watch that they are... Like, is it... it the stars are, are are being more competitive than they have in the last three games, or is Vegas doing like some dumb crap? No, no, no. They're being more competitive for sure. Uh, I don't think I saw a lot of the first three games, but it didn't seem like they had a lot of fight in them. Mm-hmm. Like, and they the emotions would get to them. They were very frustrated, specifically Robertson. You know, he couldn't score for a good while, and you could see him getting super, super frustrated. Um, but I don't know. They it look they look like they're finally gaining that confidence. So they're playing different, and I, they've made it a series. So and and the Panthers are just twiddling their thumbs and and waiting. I know. Which they're um... they're rooting for the Stars to to bump into Game Seven. So they're you know they have to compete or go against whoever a more tired opponent. But if that were the Sharks, then I would be worried that they have too much time off because they've historically never had good luck with that. Why is that? Even with a bunch of different players on the team, the Sharks have never been good with so much time off. I think maybe... um, Maybe it's just, you know, when when you're constantly in the game and you have, like, that mindset, like, the break can kind of, like chill you out a bit too much and maybe when you're in like a tournament style thing that like that's not a good thing 
don't know. But it happens every time with the shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> every time. But anyways. Uh, speaking of the sharks in Dallas, <laughs> the fan bases have kind of joined forces because we both obviously want Vegas to lose. Um, I don't know. The rivalry between the sharks and Vegas isn't the same anymore, but there's still that little bit of hatred <laughs> for past series and things. And so Dallas this morning tweeted out, good morning to Stars and Sharks fans and Stars and Sharks fans only. And then CC'd the, the Sharks admin and then said, we welcome all on this bandwagon, even if anyone else wants to join with a winky face. And then tweeted a list of other uh, teams that have joined the bandwagon. Um, said, okay, so we're seeing that we need to add... Oh, or maybe they're just trying to recruit more people. But um, Canes, the Kraken, the Kings, the Leafs, Oilers, Lightning, Canadians, and Capitals. Um, would any of these teams like to confirm? So right now they're really just recruiting all of these teams to, to help root against Vegas. I don't know why the Leafs or like the Lightning would care. Or the Canadians, but who... I don't know. This could be fun. I haven't seen any other team respond yet. But I haven't there's really a, a seen cute... any other team kind of, well, any any situation where t- other teams have gang, like, I don't know, maybe not ganged up is the right word, but like collectively come under like a common goal against one particular team. I don't know if it's like, the fan bases or even the admins going against each other or what because Vegas admin is kind of annoying I like I feel like this might have been confirmed earlier in in the year but I think they change admins because you no longer see send send dog pics (laughs) after every (laughs) loss I mean, I guess that would make sense. They're, it, they do kind of have a different tone, but I don't pay attention to Vegas admin too mm-hmm. too much. Um, but I don't know. This is a, a fun part of playoffs when when you get all these teams joining together for one cause <laughs> to root against one, one team. Um, I don't know. There's a cute little bromance type thing going with the Sharks and Stars right now on, on Twitter. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that those admin know each other. Unless um, it feels that way, huh? Yeah, yeah, they've got to, or maybe that's just like admin personality. Like they, they're a little more extroverted with that. Uh... I don't know. I like it. I I feel like there there there's some prior friendship going on behind the scenes, which is fun. It's fun for the um for the uh for the fans. That reminds me of. Did I share that? that like ranking list thing from somebody who was ranking like um their feelings on like the different twitter admins and that person Um, put the sharks as like annoying and i'm just like based on what (laughs) well so the way that they had those categories listed it was like one good category that their team was in Mm -hmm. and then the, the other ones were just like bad like, the next mm-hmm. one down was annoying, and the sharks were in there. So it's, like, they're close to good, but also not. <laughs> so it's kind of dumb. But nothing about the sharks' admins is annoying to me, because they seem really chill. Like, 
Anyways, whatever, to each their own. That's fine. Apparently, Andrew Shaw went on to some podcast earlier in some the week. Podcast. We won't even say the name, just some Well, podcast. I don't even care to look up what it was. Um, the information that came out from that episode was they invited Shaw on, and at one point they asked him about Quinville because apparently his name is coming up again because he's, what, one year removed from being uh, banned from from coaching in, in the league for... If you haven't heard already, he was involved in that whole 2010 Blackhawks where they shoved all the Kyle Beach stuff under the rug and they were just like, oh, we were just so focused on winning and, oh, it like was getting taken care of and whatever. But he was asked about it and he pretty much, quote, said, it's a, it is a shame to me he's the... He's the greatest coach of all time. This whole situation, I honestly don't think any of the players knew anything about it um, until the, the following training camp. At that point in the playoffs, all you do is hockey, sleep, eat, hockey, sleep, eat. They have you staying in hotels when you're at home because they want you just focusing on the game. I don't think it came into the locker room the following season. At that point, I don't think they knew who it was they didn't know it was Kyle from what I heard management had a quick meeting about it and Stan and Q got wrapped up in it because obviously they're leaders in their own area they weren't in the meeting long because figure that's the HR thing um so let's just unwrap that first paragraph like <laughs> there's already so much wrong with them just having the players like i just want you to focus like on winning right now on one hand i can get it where they you know if you've got like maybe i don't want to say like personal stuff going on that you shouldn't address it but to the average person, obviously, we go through a number of things during, like, our day-to-day -day life, and it can be very distracting. And on one hand, they're trying to have the, the guys not focus so much on that. But as hockey culture goes, that's, like, their whole mindset since, like, the day they step out on the ice. Like, they don't have any opportunity to really grow and and develop outside of the culture of hockey. And by having them just focus on this stuff, and then, uh, and then the bigger problem is that the entire organization, at least the, the ones that are involved in, like, the, the owner to the GM to like those those folks that are in charge of dealing with this issue they obviously knew about it and they didn't take the proper steps yeah I think it's a little bit more complicated than that because like we've discussed before that these dudes are you know conditioned to think a certain way from a very young age and so we don't really know whether they felt like they could do anything at the time, whether they cared to do anything, but they are... Uh, 
for lack of a better term, I want to say, like, they're basically brainwashed to think, to, to be like, all you should think about is hockey. Nothing else matters in this, this life of yours than hockey, you know? So something like this serious, if it doesn't affect them, why should they care, right? I'm not saying that I'm, I agree with this. This is what their perspective could be like. Um, one of the things we talked to, to Brock about is, like, you know, you can't really blame these dudes for thinking a certain way because this is how they were taught. <laughs> so it's hard. Like, yes, you'd be mad at them because they're grown adults and should be able to know right from wrong at this point. But also, I don't know. It's this is just I, I don't know what to think. You know, like I'm I obviously don't care for these dudes because Kane specifically has his own history that we're not happy about but it's all it's always so upsetting when stuff like this comes out especially Shaw victim blaming saying that it was Beach's fault for putting himself in that situation it's like you have no idea what this dude was going through at the time what he was feeling he didn't know what he was walking into and like you know the power struggle that they that you feel when you're new to to something and you're trying to make it and you're like do I have to do this to be able to get in um yeah I don't know yeah so on that paragraph alone that is kind of highlighting the the toxic environment that the the Blackhawks were creating for the 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 thing that they felt was most important was to keep the players focused on winning even though there was one person who they always talk about, you know, they're a family, they're a team, but there's one person who is going through a, a really traumatic experience and management decided, you know, we're, we're just going to shove this under a rug. We're going to try and, and cover it up. And so I feel like in that paragraph, yeah, it is, I feel like it is less on the players in that situation where what are they going to be able to do we could there's there's things that they could do but at a certain point with how the whole culture is set up around them yeah it's it's kind of not working in their favor but the second half of what he said was quote I lived with Kyle in Rockford. He was great to me. He helped me out, paid rent uh, the first two months. He paid for my groceries for a couple weeks until I got a paycheck. I had nothing bad to say about Kyle, but it's a shame that something like this had to go that far when it could have been nipped in the bud pretty quick from upper management, from HR. It should now have, it should have, had nothing to do with the players and the coaching staff or the GM in that time. You leave that meeting thinking, all right, they're taking care of it. My job is to coach the team. That's what I'm here to do. HR and upper management can deal with that. Obviously, it sucks, but as a 20-year-old, I would have probably never put myself in that situation that Kyle was in. I can say that, and obviously, I don't know what was going on with Kyle or anything going on in his head but he put himself in that bad situation. Before we, we dive deep into that, isn't the expression nip it nip it in the bud? Like a like a flower bud, nip it mm-hmm. in the bud. Probably. <laughs> and in this statement they put nipped it in the butt. 
<laughs> Which is, I'm sorry, it's just silly. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the question seems specifically framed towards his opinion about Quinville, because as we mentioned, he's trying to get himself back into the league. I, I think it's just a complicated thing all around with the organization because it's obviously not just on him, but he's a factor in it. And the, and the, I remember that they, obviously, you know, they tried to push it under rug and then he had also written a recommendation for Aldridge. And I think that alone is him deciding you know like you don't have to do that like the guy doesn't deserve it so whatever is out of your control in a sense with what goes on with the gm and the owner you don't need to write that for this uh sex offender right and I feel like that in itself makes Quinville an accomplice to uh, Aldridge going on and her abusing more like kids, basically. Whatever letter he wrote, you know, you're giving him like the the ability to continue working in in this industry after what he's done, and you're aware of it, and you're still like you decide well he should still be employed in, in this environment. Like, no, he should not. Yeah. Well, so it kind of makes you think, like, how much of this is part of hockey culture? Because then you also had the news come out about what happened with, what was it, Team Canada in, uh, was it, what year was it, the 2014, 20, 2014? I team don't or something. The year off the top of my head. But but you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about, right? Yeah. How there's been a, a few a few investigations going on for different teams because there is like how many players raped a, a woman, a girl. I don't know how old they were they were at the time. Um and they all keep it a secret because it's all part of this this like initiation process or whatever the hell it is. It's it's just it, it's icky. I don't like this part of... They don't want to be held accountable. So they try to do stuff on, on their end and it never works out that way. And they <clears throat> and it just doesn't seem like they really do anything to try and prevent that from happening in the future. Yeah, but I guess my point is like how engraved is this part of like you know, the sexual abuse and stuff that happens within hockey that they don't think it's a big deal that Quenville feels okay giving, like, his recommendation for Aldridge, even though he knew I mean, this was happening. I mean, it's a thousand percent part of hockey culture. It's just gross. Um, the thing from this um, section of the, the paragraph that really just had me rolling eyes was, like you mentioned earlier, that... He was victim blaming Kyle. He's like, well, I would never put myself in that situation. That's so easy to say when you have never experienced that. Like, I've never experienced being um, in that type of situation, especially something where it's like a power um, yeah. imbalance on top of 
you know, like those kids are so vulnerable to the fact that they don't have the, or they don't, well, yeah, no, they don't have the ability to uh, speak up in those situations because the possibility that you bringing this up and the organization not being on your side is the difference of you getting to see any possibility of playing at the highest level of this game. And as kids who grow up in that, in that culture and within this sport, that's all you're kind of sort of dreaming about. Right. Um, and I just, I, I hated that part of the paragraph where he, given the stuff that he said just sentences ago, where Kyle was this great guy, he he helped me out, he he made sure I had the roof over my head and, and food to eat, and then the same and breath, goes, throws him under the throwing bus. him under the bus and saying, but, you know, he put himself in that situation. Like, he could have, you know, like, no. Like, you have no idea. No. Um, I have and, no idea. And I wouldn't mm -hmm. even say, like, well, but I have empathy for people. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, It's just that it's something a smart person would say. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I missed this part at the end where he pretty much said that, like, if he were, uh, but... Uh, so if, if he had been in that situation, quote, my thumbs would have been in the back... Uh, in the back through Aldrin's, you know, fucking eyes. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's easy to say. Hypothetically, if if you were in that situation, you would think you would be fighting for your life, but you don't know how you will react until you're put in that situation. Yeah. So Always it's just a such a guy. it's such a terrible way to. Like you're not you're not being empathetic. You're yeah, you're you're just like, well, yeah, but with all that said, that's his fault. It's um but I wanted to kinda end on the fact that I'm I guess I'm more frustrated that this podcast didn't seem to say anything in regards to that after he had made that statement they're just they're it's they're just letting him speak his piece and not challenging the fact that you're you're victim blaming and now we're going to platform this so other folks can hear you say it and obviously if you've got a, a, a huge following or whatever it is you're 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 helping to send this message that it's okay for people to victim blame folks who are who have experienced situations where they're um they're sexually assaulted yeah well and they did get a lot of backlash so <laughs> i really don't think that it like registered like i saw there were a couple of folks who were calling them out being like why are you why are you sending this message? Why are you platforming this? And uh, 
I don't know who runs their socials. Maybe it's not them, but they were pretty much being like, yeah, but it's getting a lot of traction. Like, oh, okay. So I just don't, I just... Oh, gross. Okay, yeah. I'm over this topic. This yeah. People are gross. Ooh, I feel icky. Mm -hmm. Um... On a semi-lighter note, the IIHF World Hockey thing is going on, or did it end? Hold on. I think Canada won. Yep. Oh, Canada's three minutes champions. ago. Oh, that's so <laughs> annoying. Uh, hey, but Middleton, I just saw him skate by. Oh. oh, I didn't realize he was playing. Okay, listen, Canada. I'm sick of seeing you win all these tournaments. Like... Share the wealth a little, eh? <laughs> I was hoping Germany would win because Nico Stern was up for like the MVP award and I would assume he would win if the team won. And now that Canada's won, I think Sammy Blaze is the one up for that award. So, boo! But congratulations Canada, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so another congratulations in order for Canada is uh, Laura, Stacy, and Marie Philip uh, Polin announced their engagement. We're queer out here, y'all. <laughs> okay, I love the um, the very positive attention this engagement announcement has been getting for the most part that I've seen. Obviously, if you go to certain places, it's not going to be so rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Fun, fun, to, fun quote fact. Fun fact. Thomas Bordelow commented on Instagram congratulating them. So we know that he's for the queers. <laughs> no, no. At least. Woohoo. Which is always fun to know that a, a player on your favorite team is an ally. Um, but yeah, we have another queer couple in hockey, which isn't surprising in women's hockey, but it's always fun. <laughs> and I guess some more good news for the queer community is the Dodgers found their brain shortly after they, uh, had it extracted by, um, by hateful people. Um, and they released a statement saying, after much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, uh, honest conversations within the Los Angeles Dodgers organization and general generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community and their friends and families. We have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at our 10th annual LGBTQ plus Pride Night on June 16th. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for the life-saving work that they have done tirelessly for decades. In the weeks ahead, we will continue to work with our LGBTQ plus partners to better educate ourselves find ways to strengthen the ties that bind and use our platform to support all our fans who make up the diversity of the Dodgers family. 
Yay, more queer folks at this thing. Um, <laughs> so people weren't happy about this. Uh, but it, you know, whatever. Pride is supposed to be pride. I don't know what to say about this other than it was dumb that they um, excluded them in the first place, only for this to be the outcome. <laughs> invite them back and they just embarrassed themselves in the process uh the sisters of perpetual indulgence also put out a statement um if you want to read it because i can't right now <laughs> um i'm going to read the part where they pretty much said a full apology and explanation was given to us by the dodgers staff which we accept we believe the apology is sincere because the dodgers have worked for 10 years with our community as well they have asked us to continue an ongoing relationship with them in the future uh if similar pressures from outside our community arise our let's say our organizations would consult and assist each other in responding alongside our colleagues at the los angeles lgbt center and others from the lgbtqia2s community and now more closely tied with the L.A. Dodgers than ever before. Um, and they ended it with saying, may the games be blessed. May the players be blessed. May the fans be blessed. May the beer and hot dogs flow forth in tasty abundance. <laughs> <laughs> so I did see a clip of the sisters performing and why the religious folks were so upset that they were invited in the first place because someone was basically cosplaying Jesus in a sense, um, someone on a cross, and then someone started, like, using the cross with the person attached to it as a stripper pole, <laughs> just spinning around them. <laughs> oh my god. So, I can see why they were angry because from a religious standpoint standpoint that is very disrespectful right um but seeing jay's reaction over here a lot of queer folks don't follow religion for specific reasons and they don't care about being disrespectful because of their experiences with said religions being disrespectful to them so um, this is why I'm not really, like, expressing an opinion, just because <laughs> I'm not religious, so I'm trying not to, um, uh, add fuel to the fire. Um, the sisters from, if you take a look at all the things that they've done in the past, like, they have done a lot of advocacy for the queer community, and a lot of things that, you know... <sighs> folks that just basically want us to go away um have ignored so they they have done a lot of good things i'm not saying that they are roses and rainbows and and you know angels like but so are the people that uh are are trying to silence them they're they're just as guilty of doing things that are very uh can be seen as disrespectful so i don't think it's very clean cut 
but at the same time, if they're doing something where they're obviously the conservatives are trying to, they well, they have been banning gender-affirming care, or they've been saying that you're not welcome in this church. Like, it's a lot of actions that are trying to er erase folks who are just living as their authentic selves and, and doing no harm. So in situations like that, I, it, when, when stuff like this comes up, I just kind of have to laugh about it because it's just like, folks are just trying to enjoy life and, and they're not harming anybody. Like I get it, it's, uh, it's offensive to use an aspect of religion and disrespect it in, in that sense. And I would side with folks who find that offensive if you weren't trying to um, cause trans youth to, to not live as themselves when they're not doing any harm to anyone. Drag queens are not doing any harm to anybody, but there are people who are showing up to um, drag queen story hours and frightening children by their presence. So... I guess that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it because my parents are more religious in, than yours. So I kind of, well, basically everyone in my family, I kind of grew up a little bit closer to that. And so I can see how it's offensive, you know, because they, they put a lot of faith in, in like symbolism into, into the cross. And so... For them to, if they were to see something like that, they'd be like angry, like like put off by it. And then I can see why they, not my family per se, because they're pretty accepting, but like someone else who could see that, and then they'd not want to be like welcoming to the community after seeing something like that. So. I don't know what the right answer is here because I can see both sides of it. I really can. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, one side is wrong for doing one thing or the other because everyone is different and has their own beliefs and will live their life how they want to live it. But I think we wouldn't have so many problems if people were a bit more open-minded and could see things from different sides besides their own the folks who had a problem with it and the folks that we are aware of, like Marco Rubio had uh, written into um, to the MLB about it. Like he's not doing anything to assist the queer community. Like his whole thing is basically like he's, he's against the queer community. So I really don't care about what he has to say. I would rather have seen a conversation happen instead of the Dodgers deciding, you know, like, that they weren't going to invite them anymore. Like, this dude represents people in Florida, which we, like, that's a whole nother can of worms of what, what Florida's doing right now. But just the actions of how the Dodgers went about it, and then while we're happy that they found their brain and came back around, it's like the damage is kind of done, and now you've just, like, dug a deeper hole with, like, 
I mean, I'm not a Dodgers fan, but it would definitely had me going like, well, now your now your actions feel a little, you know, disingenuous. Performative. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not for me to worry about because I'm not a Dodgers fan. So, <laughs> just kidding. What I do like, a little off topic actually, but the Dodgers actually hold a Salvadorian night. Which is really cool because they have a big Salvi community down there, and I kind of wish the Giants would do that up here. But uh, that's besides the point. <laughs> I don't know. We're we're um we're gonna be okay here. <laughs> It'll be fine. Everything's exactly. fine. I'm I'm less worried about us and and more worried about the rest of the country. <sighs> um. But I guess to end on a positive note, Pride Month is just around the corner. We're going to be seeing so many rainbows. Oh my god, I'm already seeing it. And I think my Instagram algorithm is is being a bit too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much. this is all the corporate mm -hmm. support, quote unquote, is going to start bombarding us we support you come by all of our our rainbow merch mm -hmm. no. <laughs> so yeah we prize around the corner and hopefully the the nhl will actually do something a little more um impressive than what they've done in the past but won't we won't hold our breath for that no, I have no hopes. <laughs> no high hopes there. No. Well, I think that's all we have today. Well, Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode. As always, I am your host, Jay. And I'm Nessa. Catch you next week. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>